everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I'm your host today, co-host today, Kevin, and uh, it's big news today. The Midnight Terrors team grows. We're doing a very fun episode today, and we're welcoming officially to the show Roy R. Jacob Honeybrook as an official co-host. Roy, welcome back, my friend. Yo, thanks, man, and thank you for this opportunity. It seriously means so much to me, and I really appreciate it, bro. Hell yeah, man. I, uh, you have always been there when we need, uh, somebody to step up, uh, to help out with keeping the show running. And, uh, you know, we've been working with you now for a year. We always love having you on. Uh, so it only made sense to, uh, to bring you on as, uh, one of the team members. So we're happy to have you, man. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It is now Facebook official. Hell yeah. Are you even on Facebook? Nah, I think I have a <laughs> author page, but I think the last time I checked it, somebody hacked it and was trying to huck shoes. So who oh, knows? God. I would say don't don't interact with that. If yeah, somebody's no. trying to sell you shoes or MacBook Pros, please ignore it. Yeah, we'll get the plugs in later, but uh, follow follow Roy on Instagram. That's where you can connect with him. <laughs> but uh, Roy, it's uh, this is exciting. It's good to have you on here. Um, so before we jump into what we have planned for this episode. Uh, for anyone that is, uh, new to the, I think everybody knows you by this point. <laughs> like <laughs> I made the announcement about you being, uh, an official co-host and, uh, all of our friends were super excited to hear that. Um, and we got a good few comments from people saying they were excited to, uh, to see you and they, they love when you're on episodes. So, but for anyone new to the show, if they're just jumping on board, this is the first thing they hear. Um, which might be the case because I saw some people, uh, you know, working their way over to the Midnight Terrors page when they saw that you were becoming a part of the show. Uh, so for anybody uh, just jumping on board, uh, tell the tell the people a little bit about yourself. Let's start with your your intro to horror, like we always do. We did that on your first episode, but we'll mm-hmm. uh, we'll reiterate that. Uh, but tell them your background in horror, and then uh, talk about your writing. Sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who's showed positive support for this. Uh, it was really cool to see some of those comments that people were really stoked about this. And uh, yeah, that just is awesome. So thank you guys. Um, so yeah, background in horror. When I was growing up, my dad, whatever he had on the TV is what we were all going to watch. So a lot of the times he would just have horror movies playing. So some of my earliest memories are seeing um, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and just being completely terrified even the X-Files, there was one episode where I was just completely, I couldn't move. I was scared stiff, legitimately petrified. And uh, I was probably watching this stuff a little bit too young, but kind of stuck with me ever since. And then I was almost, you could say, reintroduced to it in the mid-2000s because we always had the movie channels. And I believe it was Showtime Beyond. They would always have on Saturday nights, they called it, I think it was Saturday Splatter Day, when they would always show a double feature. <laughs> Great marketing, right? (laughs) And uh, they would always show a double feature of some type of horror movie, usually like a slasher flick. So around probably 2004, 2005, I really rediscovered horror um, in the sense of the old school movies, seeing those again and really taking them in when I'm old enough to like Nightmare, uh, the Halloweens, the Friday the 13th, all that was on there, a bunch of obscure ones. So yeah, and aside from that, just playing horror video games. Resident Evil was always a staple in my house. So, hell yeah! Uh, and then uh, talk about how you got into writing horror, because uh, people that might not know you already uh, won't know that you're a horror author. 
Um, one of my favorites, by the way, one of our favorites. Uh, I've read all of your uh, all your stories and uh, we're big fans of you. But how'd you get into writing horror, man? Yeah, so the when I started writing, the first one I wrote was predominantly like a detective crime novel. Um, but I injected some horror elements into that one and I really liked where that was going. So a uh, couple stories later, I just finally decided to make the leap and just go full force into horror. So I did that. You know, I've always been a fan of it. I figured, why not try writing that too? So that was uh, my first one, April Awakening. And um, yeah, that was my first straight up horror story and published that one. That was my first book. And um, the rest kind of took off from there. So yeah. I am a horror author. I'm not just some uh, schmuck on here talking for no reason. <laughs> not at all. It's so funny going back and hearing you say these stories again, just because I know you so well at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like, we want people to get to know you uh, if they're joining the show. Um, so uh, yeah, man, thanks for resharing. Uh, we're happy to have you on here. And uh, I'm sure your uh, your skills with horror writing are definitely going to come into play uh, as we go forward with the show. So Welcome aboard, my friend. Yeah. Well, thank you. And for sure, that's how I see it too. You guys, or I know you know all the directors and the actors and all that good stuff. I can kind of give my take on, like, <laughs> I can kind of be the color commentary. You're yeah, the play-by-play, -play, I'm the color. <laughs> you, can, you can be the Joey Styles of the show. There we go. I'll be the, uh, I'll be Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> so does that make, does that make me uh, JR? Damn right. Boomer sooner. <laughs> He's, he's bleeding like a stuck hall. Good God almighty, he's broken in half. <laughs> oh, that's so good. As you, yeah, so that's can, a... as you all can tell, we're big wrestling fans. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Avid. Hell yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Well, for your first official episode, we thought we'd throw it to the people on this one. Uh, they can sort of get to know both of us because we're doing a horror Q&A uh, we put some feelers out there on our socials asking people for questions related to horror. Um, and we're going to answer them all. Um, I will admit, uh, shamefully, I didn't write specifically what question came from like each person. So I just want to go right, go right ahead and shout out the people at the top on my end that submitted questions. So thank you to my good friend, Tiff, uh, Mr. J, um, Marcus and Luke have reviewed to death, my mom, Kat, uh, and I believe that's everybody. Um, so yeah, thank you all for, uh, submitting, uh, questions. There's a few followers on uh, Instagram that submitted questions as well, actually. Um, I believe, uh, Diana submitted questions, uh, who's another friend of the show. Um, and hold up real quick. Cause I want to make sure I get her name, right. Uh, Kate on Instagram, uh, also submitted a question. So, uh, thank you to everybody that submitted questions. Um, so I've got a good list of them and then Roy has a good list as well. So, uh, I think Roy, what we'll do maybe is jump back and forth, uh, between the questions. So I'll read one, then you read one. Um, we didn't pre look at the questions. Obviously we've seen the questions that, uh, that we received, but we didn't give each other heads up about, uh, what questions we had. So this is going to be fun. Going off the cuff. All right. So here we go. Uh, just jumping straight on in. The first question I have says, what B-horror movie is underrated only because of budget limitations? Hmm. 
And this is where I wish that I had uh, pre-planned a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of good ones that we could talk yeah. about that are. See, the, the difficult one or the difficult thing about this question is that some of the B movies are best because they're low budget. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it might ruin the movie if we gave it a bigger budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like some was, of the like I was thinking the... like Killer Clowns from Outer Space is good because it's a B movie and it's practical effects. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It wouldn't work if it was all looking good and acted well. Yeah. Same thing with Sleepaway Camp. That's fun because it's got a lower budget. Uh, Trying to think of something that had, you know what? Well, no, because it doesn't, (laughs) this is a tough one. I'm trying to think of one that specifically, okay, you know what? Uh, I have my answer. Um, I'm going to go with American Werewolf in Paris. Okay. American Werewolf in Paris, I think is my answer because I think it's forgotten because of how bad those CGI werewolves look. (laughs) (laughs) So I think if they were not 90s cartoon style werewolves, people would enjoy that movie a lot more because it's actually a pretty clever sequel. It's a little more cheesy and over the top than American Werewolf in London, but it is a very fun movie. I think I have mine. And this is one of these movies that's so remembered because of how terrible it is. (laughs) But Troll 2. Yep. (laughs) They're eating her. Now they're going to eat me. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> I think I feel like that one's kind of been forgotten ever since that clip just like went viral for a year, and then I don't really hear anyone talk about Troll Two anymore. But if you would make that with some good effects and the trolls look really monstrous or whatever, I think that could be a pretty cool movie to see done on a higher budget with actual actors. Yeah, actual actors. <laughs> yeah, yours might be definitely more in the B territory than mine i'm sure american werewolf in paris was a bigger release when it came out but uh nowadays i definitely consider it a b movie because it's not like one that people talk about a bunch no Uh, you don't hear about it too much at all not like london no so i i'll stick with that one i think uh but yeah i actually have not seen troll 2 um i just know those scenes dude (laughs) it's it's a trip (laughs) oh man Crazy, crazy. Uh, I do want to see it at, at uh, some point. Um, you know, there's another one that uh, wasn't really a budget problem. It was more of an MPAA thing. Uh, the original My Bloody Valentine, I think, would be held in better regard if it wasn't so torn down by the MPAA because they took out, like, all the kill stuff. Yep. And yeah, when, that's I, a... when I saw it in theaters last year, they released the the theatrical version for that. Um, which is still great. I love my bloody Valentine, but like, I didn't know anything about not being able to see any of the kills. So everything was off screen. I'm like, man, they must've really not had a budget. Yeah. A lot of the movies in the eighties seem to run into that problem. I know they had that with the Friday, the 13th movies. That's why a lot of the kills on there are off screen or super close up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, well, what you got for your first question? Okay. Should I say who it comes from? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, this one is from Castle Ultra on Instagram. He uh, he makes some sick death metal music. So if you get a chance, I believe he, I believe he follows us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he does some cool stuff. Okay, he said, "What non horror movie would you like to turn into a horror movie?" Hmm. 
feel like well, I answered this one before and I don't remember what I said. Why will you think? Can I give you my Fuller House spiel? Oh, yeah. Go <laughs> yes, go for it. <laughs> so Fuller House, right? Here, here's my gripe. I think they could have done a really compelling, like, fucked up drama with this show. We we get there. DJ's husband has just died. Like, she should be depressed and just in bed all the time. And her kids are, like, neglected and stuff. <laughs> I see you laughing. I know I have a fucked up head. <laughs> and then, you know, you can have Stephanie move in like she did, but, you know, like use her real life history of drug abuse and like have her doing all this weird shit in the basement and stuff. Like, I think that could have been really good. And if you want to turn it into horror, just have Danny Tanner running around ripping people apart. I mean, that could work, too. Yeah. So we just talked about a 90s double feature, you and I, a few weeks back when we did I Know What You Did Last Summer and Idle Hands. So mm -hmm. it's no sucker or it's no secret that I really enjoy those 90s like teen coms uh, or teen rom-coms, whatever you want to call them. Can we turn Empire Records into a horror movie where it's like <laughs> a slasher in a record store? I think that would be a great idea. With those same characters, because those characters are great. I think I would turn. Let's turn. Now you got me thinking about the 90s. This is just coming <laughs> to my head. What if Jay and Silent Bob Strike yes. Back was a horror movie and it's almost like Abbott and Costello or whatever? They're running from killers and monsters or whatever? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised uh, Kevin Smith hasn't made that happen yet, honestly. Yeah, because he did delve into horror there with uh, Tusk, right? He did. What about uh, we can take another iconic duo? What if, what if Bill and Ted had a horror entry? Oh, that would just be amazing. I thought you were going to go Cheech and Chong. No. <laughs> no, Bill and Ted would be funny in a horror movie. Another good one, too. I just, just came to my mind. But what about uh, Christmas Vacation? Chevy, uh, Chevy <laughs> yeah. Chase just gets pushed too far, starts strangling people with Christmas lights and paling them with decorations. So you basically want another version of uh, Black Christmas then? Yeah, or Silent Night, Dead the <laughs> Night, or any of the other ones. The Goldberg one. Yep. But it's Chevy Chase, so he could have a few laughs while he's slaughtering his family. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, all right. So the next question I had was, what do you hope to see more or less of in the future in the horror genre? I would like to see more original stories told. Yeah, that was pretty much where I was going to go. Uh, I feel like it. to get that, you have to go to a lot of indie B movies to really see that because so much of it is just predicated on remakes or sequels because they know what sells. So to see original horror movies come out, like, you know, when we were teenagers in the mid 2000s, we had Saw and uh, Hostel. <laughs> now I'm having trouble thinking of these. I know. But I know back then there were a lot of just original ones coming out, The Collector, stuff like that. Um, now, nowadays, you don't see too much of that in theaters. You know, we had like Smile, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple of them, but I don't know. I just like to see more of that and more frequently. Yeah, so I have um, kind of one answer for both. Uh, I would like to see horror movies that are more fun and less of the like the over-the-top serious dramas uh i do like those types of horror movies but i feel like we have been very saturated with them for a little while um so i like fun horror so i'm glad to see 
Uh, even something like Five Nights at Freddy's, I'm just glad to see fun horror coming out again. Um, and you don't have to go like something like Us is like a happy medium where it's like kind of funny, but also like really unsettling. Uh, so yeah, I would I would like to see just more some more fun out there, but I also don't want to take away the very art driven horror, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, when we did Renfield, I was surprised with how much I liked that because it's just a fun action horror movie. And I don't know, it didn't really appeal to me just hearing about it. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so I'd be down to see more of that stuff. Yeah, and like, I think for me, say what you will about the 90s horror, like it's a questionable decade for sure. Like it's not always filled with the best of the horror movies to offer, but man, look at stuff like Idle Hands and I Know What You Did Last Summer. They're just fun movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, they're like as dark as they can get. They're pretty lighthearted, especially Idle Hands. <laughs> but let's not go too far and start making those weird Nightmare on Elm Streets from the late 80s and early 90s. <laughs> yeah. No, no, let, let's not go with uh, Freddy's Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. We were actually just talking about that. Uh, me, Zach, and Mr. and Mrs. J were talking about Freddy's Dead <laughs> on the horror openings episode. <laughs> Uh, and I, I want to do a ranking of the nightmare films at one of the, at one point, but, uh, yeah, Freddy's dead would be fairly low on the list based on my first watch of it. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I'm sure we'd all be tied for uh nightmare number two. Yeah. Right. Agreed. All right. Um, what do you have my friend? I have one from my buddy Kill Red Records. I've made some music with him. He's an awesome dude. Oh, yeah, I uh, know this guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he puts out like horror videos every day, just like yep, short yep. reels. Dude Good rules. Dude. Go follow him on Instagram. Yeah, it's crazy. I've randomly messaged him the one day, responding to one of his stories, and like we talk every day since. Oh, yeah, dude, that's awesome. But this is some uh, a little true life horror, and it's kind of an inside joke <laughs> that he always <laughs> okay. asks this question. But... Have you ever witnessed a violent crime? Um, thank goodness, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> nope. See, working in journalism, I saw a lot of the aftermath of them, um, but I never saw one. I, I'm, uh, I'm assuming I, when, you're, when you're saying, like, witness, you mean, like, being there and seeing it in person? Yeah, like, see a dude get his head blown off. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I would like to keep it that way. <laughs> there was one time we almost got mugged by like this throng of kids. It was uh, me and my buddies were just walking around the city at night and uh, we're coming back from the gas station and we hear this kid going like, yo, one of you guys dropped your wallet. And we all check, we're like, nah, man, we're good, thanks. And then he's like, what did he say? Oh, he's like, no pussies, you dropped your wallet, get back here. And then dude, all like out of the houses, all these guys just swarm out. <laughs> So we oh, take off, we take off running and we go to this little park and lose them in the trees there. It was, it was uh, so almost, I was almost beat to hell. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my track record as is and hope that that <laughs> continues to not be the case for me. Hope that that continues to be the case where I have not seen anything like that. Yeah, there you go. I like horror, but I don't like the real shit. It gets a little too uh, close to home. Yeah, that's why we don't do that's why we don't do true crime on the show, because I just I'm not into that stuff. No, no shame to anyone that uh, that enjoys that. That is just not my thing. I go through phases of it. I like the interrogation videos, like how they break people down in the mind games they use. It's crazy. Yeah, 
Uh, all right. Uh, side note, and I put a pin in this. We now that you're on the show, I cannot wait for us to cover Nightmare on Elm Street two. Oh yeah, and three. Yep. Yep. But I know you and I have talked about how much we both love too, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, it was such a risky thing to. It was such a risky take to take on the series on the second movie. Yeah, dream guest for sure though is Mark Patton. I would love to talk to him on the show. Mm, that would so, be awesome. Fingers crossed. One day, hopefully. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so next question I had said, "What do you think Western slash American horror could adopt?" or could adapt from our foreign neighbors, what do you think they could adopt from us? Has the gap been breached? And I'm behind on the times. There's two ways to answer this question. Uh, we could go with specific movies, like which one would we like to see an American take or um, a foreign take on? Or are there qualities from both sides of horror that each could take from the other? I kind of saw it as the quality side. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't know. Back in the day, I definitely would have said, um, you know, in the early 2000s, I definitely would have said that uh, foreign films are way better at creating that sense of dread as opposed to just a jump scare. But I feel like American horror has gotten better at that. Uh, but I don't know, man. Something about J-horror um, or like any of the foreign films I've seen in the horror genre they're so good at creating like terror, not just momentary scares, but they're so good at letting the best thing I can liken it to is seventies horror. Like I didn't used to like seventies horror all that much. I thought it was slow. Not much was happening, but now I love that decade because they were all so good at creating a mood that carried throughout that movie. Like you watch something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and there's an atmosphere from the second that movie starts, you know? Um, and then, you know, we go forward and then there's kind of fleeting, fleeting scares, you know, after a while you're just like, just waiting for the jump scare. And I feel like foreign films have managed to uh, like keep that going. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, man, when you create that sense of tension and that dread, um, that's really what horrors are all about. So I think we've seen it done really well in the foreign area, especially like you were saying, Japanese horror. That stuff is just so surreal and psychological mm -hmm. that it doesn't even seem real some of, some of the times, the stuff you're seeing. So definitely those aspects would be cool to see in Western media. Um, I think too, like a lot of French films, well, I sound like I'm a, some kind of film snob, a lot of the French films I've seen, but some of the French horror movies I've seen, they do a real good job of kind of the same vein, just like getting in your head. Like, did you ever see the original Martyrs? No, but many people have told me about it. We were actually just talking about that on the Killer Openings episode. Yeah, it just really, when it ends, it really leaves you with a lot of questions and makes you think. And I, I think U.S. media has done that, like you were saying, more so um, than just the here's the blood, here's the jump scare. So I think that's pretty cool to see. As far as what the U, well, like what foreign media could take from U.S. horror media, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, maybe more of the different elements that go into it. Like in horror in the US, you can see elements of comedy, you can see elements of action. There's a lot of different variables going into it and it's not just this strict, this is what horror is. There's a lot to it, I guess. And I'm yeah. sure there's movies from foreign makers that do the same, but that's just off the top of my head. Yeah, for the foreign films I've seen, I would probably just say uh, some of the fun elements like we were talking about with the 90s. Um, little like little more lightheartedness, at least from my perspective. I don't I haven't seen a ton of foreign horror films, uh, but they tend to be very artistic, which is great. But um, yeah, just maybe a little more uh, lighthearted films. But isn't it cool at the same time you can kind of tell a film by what region it's made in? Like, oh, that feels like a U.S. one. Oh, that feels yeah. like a Japanese horror one. Oh, that feels like a European horror one. Well, answering the the third part of the question, has the gap been breached? Um, I don't think so. I think that there, there is that divide. Um, and I think that's okay. I think that um, it uh, is, like you're saying, it's cool to have... Uh, I mean, it happens with music, you know? Like, there's there's regions where you can tell... Uh, look at something like the metal genre. You can tell what region is producing what metal subgenre a lot of times, you know? Uh, and I think it's great that horror has that as well. Yeah, and I think the closest it came to being breached was probably like the early 2000s when they were remaking The Ring and The Grudge and those were huge movies. But even then, you know, it had its own American spin on it. It wasn't a straight copy and paste of what it was in Japan. Mm -hmm. same yeah, with martyrs that got remade in the u.s too and they switched it up yeah and i think uh one that uh jason has been wanting us to do uh let the right one in and let me in and that those two versions yeah uh think there's a similar divide there as well um yeah that's well, interesting I, because it's all about knowing your audience so what appeals to people in one part of the world with a vastly different culture is not going to appeal to other people in a part of the world majority wise mm -hmm. yeah i think uh i think it's good to have that divide to have a unique voice uh you know from across the world so yeah uh all right what you got next all right i'm gonna combine two of these because they're kind of similar okay so azura knox she is also a horror author i read her book uh the tea party she is awesome she asks who is our favorite scream queen and I took that to mean like actress. And then the horror queen on Instagram asked, who is your favorite final girl? And I took that to mean character. So who's your favorite scream queen actress and who's your favorite character? Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, Want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. I had, think I have my answer for the final girl, but I have to think on the actress. Gotcha. I'm going to go Yael Harris for actress. Daniel she's Harris, in, okay. Uh, yep. And, she, dude, she's in a ton of horror movies and got her start on Boy Meets World. Just awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, favorite final girl, I got to go Laurie Strode. Just the classic. But you know what? I'm going Laurie Strode in the 2018 trilogy because she was such a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Older Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. Right. Um, okay. So I'm actually going to go 
slightly similar to yours for the actress one. Um, favorite uh, actress would be uh, Scout Taylor Compton. Oh, that was my second. <laughs> yep. She's a badass all the time. I love her Laurie Strode. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's phenomenal. And she's such a sweet person, too. I loved meeting her. Uh, final girl, I would go uh, Sydney from Scream. Okay. I think uh, she is she has put up with fucking five movies of some asshole in a ghost face costume trying to mess with her. All right. Enough with the knife, dude. Um. Yeah, I think those are my two. There's probably a lot. That's a really difficult one because there's so many great actresses and and final girl characters out there that mm -hmm. uh, that it's tough. But off the top of my head, I'd probably go with those two. Good picks. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, so going back to the roots for this one, um, we talked. We've both talked about this a little bit ad nauseum on the show, but uh, always happy to talk about it. Uh, so they said, what film slash series slash whatever sparked your love for horror? Yeah, mine would be those 80s slasher movies whenever I saw them as a kid and just was terrified and loved it. Yeah, I mean, anyone that knows me uh, knows that It 1990 was uh, was my, It 1990 was my go-to horror movie. That's the one that sparked it all. Um, it scared the shit out of me for three months. Um, <laughs> had to sleep in my dad's room with a TV on for those three months. I know he hated me for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the one that broke down the the doors for me uh, for getting into horror, followed by The Grudge 2004. Um, as for what series, uh, definitely the Friday the 13th series. Um, those were the... <clears throat> because I saw Friday the 13th around that same time. And I saw Friday the 13th before I saw Halloween. So uh, first series, I would say um, definitely Friday the 13th. So yeah, we're pretty similar on that one. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, what you got next? All sorry right. If, so sorry if it sounds like we're rocking through these. We're just, <laughs> we're knocking, we're answering, but we're, we're just, lightning speed <laughs> we are man we're we're plowing through them we're too good at this <laughs> <laughs> not to toot our own horns or anything just other people's horns exactly yep <laughs> all right this next one it comes from my buddy the biscuit that is a that is a real nickname wait what <laughs> the biscuit is his nickname yeah he's nicknamed the biscuit okay i think his real name is zach but i just know him as the biscuit <laughs> Okay. He's he's a super pretentious bastard, but that's why we love him. All right, go for it. All right, so he sent two. We'll start with the first one. Uh, the scariest movie with the least amount of gore. What is it? The scariest movie with the least amount of gore. Uh... My natural instinct was to go the original Halloween because there really isn't a ton of blood and guts in that one. And it's still pretty scary. Yeah, I have two, I think. One has a little bit of gore, but it's not super gratuitous. Uh, I would go the original Strangers. All right. Um, have you seen? Have you revisited the Strangers recently? Not the original one. I saw the one they remade and like 
the 2000s or 2010s? Uh, the this the sequel, Pray at Night. Oh, maybe that's one. Wait, when did the original Strangers come out? I always get this confused with your next. Oh, okay. Uh, the Strangers was 2008. And that's where they wear like the bags with the painted faces, right? Correct. With Liv Tyler. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 So, so I would say I would say the original Strangers because that's such a 70s throwback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one I would go with would be the Babadook. Oh, okay. Uh, I heard that, uh, I heard mixed things about that. Oh no 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 no! That movie scared the shit out of me, dude. Yeah. In particular, one scene that I'll save for when we eventually cover it because we will. Um. Yeah, that movie fucked me up, dude. <laughs> it's, Man, it's great. Well, I'll have to check that out. I know when it originally came out, I heard it was all right or it was bad, so I never bothered. But I'll give that it a was, watch. That was almost at the 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 beginning of the elevated horror craze because it was 2014 and it was the first one i feel like that really put elevated horror on the map for a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh and then after that we'd see a bunch of them but i think the babadook was an early contender for that so so it may have been too ahead of its time i think so but it's appreciated at least yeah it seems like people are really into it now but if it's not your type of horror it's not your type of horror uh but we'll we'll get to that one for sure uh cool man any other ones you want to shout out before we go to the next question i was thinking about it and a lot of horror movies i think of are just gore fests maybe the ring that doesn't really have any gore in it no no not really yeah we we covered that with our buddy generic a few months back (laughs) that's right i love that episode yeah man um yeah there's a lot to go in there yeah um Okay, so my next one says, who would win, Spoopy Killer Clown or Spoopy Killer Alien? Killer Clowns from Space, excluded for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so aliens or, or clowns? Oh, I mean, if they're just regular clowns, they get their asses kicked by, like, xenomorphs. Well, killer clowns, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, still, they're just humans. Uh, yeah, aliens. <laughs> Especially if it's a xenomorph. Oh, dude, could you imagine a predator just clawing a clown to death? <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to see that now. Yeah, dude, killer clowns from outer space versus predator, yes. Yes, I was just going to say we need <laughs> clowns versus aliens or clowns versus predator. Could you imagine the predator hiding up in the tree and the killer clowns just walking around like... They go into the fun house and just start wrecking it. And the predators just walk around like... That yeah, was me trying to do my predator noise and it didn't work. <laughs> it, it was halfway. <laughs> yeah, I would go aliens. Yeah, definitely aliens, especially predator. Hell yeah. Shout out Killer Clowns from Outer Space, though. Great movie. Dude, and that soundtrack, the theme of that is just a ripping guitar the entire <laughs> it time. It really is, yeah. It's like a ska song. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, what's your next one? Okay. This next one is also from the biscuit. And remember I said he is indeed pretentious. He says what natural occurrences can be exploited to extrapolate into a horror movie, i.e. aging. So like what's a thing that happens naturally, naturally that you can use in a horror movie. I think aging is aging is a good one because so many people are scared of it. That's why everyone gets plastic surgery and shit. Yeah, um, natural things. 
I don't know, man. That's a, I mean, nature by definition, you know? Yeah. Nature covering animals, um, weather. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the way to freak me out because I hate storms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, killer animals or, or uh, natural disasters. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying this to be funny, but I think sex is pretty weird when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're a dude you got this organ hanging out of you and then you put that into someone else so like your body's in somebody else's body like when i stop and think about it i'm just like it's just weird like I... so you want a sex horror movie almost like a hereditary or not hereditary what am i saying almost like a uh, it follows like an allegory for it or something or teeth you ever see teeth chick has a oh, yeah. uh, teeth in her vagina and just bite your dick off yeah i did not like that one at all <laughs> i don't think any of us did <laughs> jason was telling me to watch it i was like dude this movie sucks <laughs> this is awful um never yeah put my, never put my dick through the glory hole again <laughs> uh yeah so yeah i mean you could probably do more with that i think uh lost too and not just talking about death but like we lose so much stuff in life as we move forward i know when i was first on here i talked to you about the theme of loss but just all the stuff you lose like i go back to my hometown and no one's there like yeah, all i was my gonna friends. i was gonna say grief for sure grief yeah yeah but any of those they, they sound like the obvious like death grief loss but eh, the real, thing, real things yeah. though you know absolutely they are yeah, man. It's a very deep question. Yeah, he's a very deep guy. <laughs> he likes to think so. Shout out the biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to like that too much. It's fine. I haven't met him, so I can inflate his ego temporarily. I'll inflate a little bit too. How you doing, <laughs> biscuit? All right. So uh, my next one says, are there any Korean horror movies or TV shows that you have enjoyed? If so, which ones? There has been a huge surge on Netflix. Is this from generic? No, this is, oh, you know, this is uh, from my friend Claudia. Oh, cool. So yeah, shout out I, Claudia. I knew there was someone I was forgetting. I apologize, Claudia. Shout out to Claudia. I'm going to go with the obvious one. I watched a couple episodes of Squid Game. I thought that was pretty cool just because how messed up it is. I have not uh, seen it. It really didn't intrigue me all that much. It's pretty interesting. It, basically a contest where you <clears throat> compete in these deadly games where people just constantly get slaughtered. It was pretty interesting, but I think I just got busy or something, forgot to watch the rest of it. <laughs> um, so there's only uh, one uh, Korean horror movie I've seen. Uh, I think it's Korean. Let me see real quick. Sorry. Is it, la is it Last Train to Busan? Is that Korean? I thought it was Korean. How that always it? looked cool. I just never watched it. I thought that... Um, hold on. That actually might be my answer if it is. Look at that. I know you too well. <laughs> uh, that actually wasn't the one I was going to say, but... Uh, yeah, Train to Busan was uh, Korean, South Korean. So yeah, Train to Busan would be my answer. I thought that Haosu 
was uh, Korean as well. Um, but I guess it's Japanese. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So Train to, Train to Busan would be my answer then. That movie is a fucking gut punch. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, it'll have you in fucking tears by the end. Well, now I need to see that. I'm surprised you haven't seen it, man. It's a zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm back to being the token zombie guy. Yeah, you need to check it out, dude. It's a it's a gut punch. Yeah, I've only heard good things about it, so I just need to suck it up and throw it on. <laughs> hell yeah, man. So yeah, Train to Busan's my answer. Underrated as hell movie. All right, what you got? All right, this one comes from my other friend. His name is Andrew. He asks... He actually sent a couple too, so I picked the best two. He says, what is our favorite Stephen King movies? And, or I'm sorry. <clears throat> let, me, let me actually read. <laughs> he says, what is the best Stephen King movie? Overall best, scariest, or either? I know your answer. <laughs> yeah right it doesn't count it's a mini series no it's a movie uh no um hmm scariest Stephen. you know what i'm gonna be fair <clears throat> it 1990 is always my go-to it is a movie even though it's tv miniseries it classifies as a movie because it's only two nights and it's three hours it's just a very long movie um but that being said, I feel like if you probably saw it 1990 as an adult, it might not scare you as much. Um, for me, it's, it still creeps me out, uh, but I love it to death. Uh, honestly, I don't know about best, but scariest Stephen King movie. I would go with the original Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about that. The setting, the mood. Yeah. Yep. Uh, remake's good, too, as people found out on the first episode with you on it. Look at that, uh, bringing a full circle. I know, right? Almost a year later. But uh, yeah, no, something about that original Pet Cemetery is very, very um, unsettling. Yeah, it is. And it's weird because it's mixed with nostalgia, too, because everybody dresses like how I remember when I was a kid, and you throw that in with this overall horror on it. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah. Grosses you out. Gives you the skeevies. Yeah. Um trying to think uh what else. Not necessarily scary, just a fun one, but the mist is up there for me. Oh my god, yeah. How did I not think of that? You don't think that's scary? The monsters aren't scary, but the people are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it just shows you how nuts everyone goes once society breaks down and how quickly that can happen. Yep, exactly. And go listen to our episode on it. We talk about that ending for sure, because that fucking ending is gnarly. So I think you're not, you know what I'm going to say for this one. Do I? Probably. Think about it a second. Stephen King movies. Don't... Don't you dare say Maximum Overdrive. Oh, what? Dude, that movie fucking rocks. Of course I'm going to say Maximum Overdrive. It's a great movie, but it is not the scariest or best Stephen King movie at all. And it's the only legit Stephen King movie. That dude directed it, produced it. It's authentically it. Stephen King, yeah. Stephen King meets ACDC. How can you not love it? Oh my God, throwing some fucking big rigs running people over. You got my attention. 
it is a great movie, but uh, <laughs> I would definitely not put that as the best Stephen King movie. Uh, and I think too, something like The Shining, it's hard for me to call that a Stephen King movie. Like it's yeah. based on a Stephen King book for sure, but I look at that as more as a Kubrick movie than anything. Yeah, but it is up there, man. Uh, it's got roots in a Stephen King novel, so technically, yeah, we could throw that one out there as well. But honestly, Pet Cemetery scares me more than The Shining. You know what got me was uh, Cujo. Yeah, I just saw Cujo for the first time two years ago. That scared the shit out of my brother when he was little. Our mom wouldn't let him watch it. He'd be watching it with my dad, and she would come down, and she'd be like, get upstairs, you're going to be scared of dogs if you watch this. You know, um, the again, it's a TV miniseries, but... Uh, the TV miniseries of Salem's Lot is pretty creepy too, from the seventies. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, check it out, man! We got a new one coming out supposedly later this year, hopefully. Yeah, seventies horror is something I always wanted to watch more of because I love the seventies crime movies where they are, it's just gritty mm -hmm. violence, and then the main character, you know, he just always gets blown away at the end. Well, check it out, man! It's a uh, it's a Toby Hooper movie. Okay, so check it out. Uh, okay. Uh, so I talked with Tiff about this one, uh, at the Rocky show last week and I asked her how to say this word and she was like, I think this is how it's pronounced. So Tiff, I love you. And I apologize if I butcher your question, uh, delivery here. Uh, you get Iskakaid, like thrust into a horror movie is what she's saying, but she used this other word. Okay. Uh, Iskakade or Iskakaid or something. Iskad. Uh, Iskad, yeah. You uh, you get Iskakade into a horror movie. How do you ensure your survival? By I'm not gonna... being a by not being a dumb fuck like all the fucking characters. Uh, so it depends on what horror movie we're in. If we're in a slasher, uh. lay lay down a plan based on the movies i've seen because i'll pretty much be like randy from scream yeah that's solid don't go to don't go to any parties i feel like a lot of them just take places you can run out of yeah <laughs> like oh jason jason's chasing us through the woods well get out of the woods oh this <laughs> house is haunted well i should probably leave this house <laughs> um now, I'm going to tell you this straight up. If it's a zombie movie, I'm going down quick. <laughs> you have a lot of confidence <laughs> in yourself, don't you? <laughs> I'm going down quick, man. There's no way. See, I had this plan. If there was a zombie outbreak, there was this forest near my house. I was just going to go there and <laughs> forage and survive until everything blew over for a little bit. But now I don't have that. So I live in a single floor house. So, I mean, I'm pretty much dead meat. And I have a theory, too. Here's my thing with living situations. You don't want to be on the first floor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. You don't want to be on the first floor because if there's a zombie outbreak, they're just going to crawl right in, right? But you don't want to be on the third floor because if aliens come down, you're going to be the first ones they get and abduct and do weird shit to. You want the second floor because if there's a zombie outbreak, you can like barricade up the stairs, kind of lay low there's an alien invasion and they're abducting people from the third floor. You're going to find out about it first and you can boom, get out of there. Hmm. I, th I think about this stuff a lot. <laughs> yep.
Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm, I'm looking at it from a slasher standpoint. Uh, and it's hard to separate myself from the rules of the slasher movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I definitely arm yourself immediately with whatever you can. I was thinking that too, but man, so many of them just are impervious to bullets. You're not going to kill Jason with a bullet. Dude's a swamp zombie. No, <laughs> no. Swamp zombie. That's awesome. <laughs> Never heard that term before to describe Jason. That's our new band. Swamp zombies. <laughs> Album uh, swamp ass. Oh God. Gross. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, again, I think my knowledge of horror movies would definitely come into play. Just don't go to certain areas, come up with a plan and arm yourself, I guess. Yeah. And don't sneak up on someone. Cause how many times do we see like in the, in the descent? Have you seen that? I have not yet. It's oh. going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't <laughs> worry. Well, basically don't sneak up on somebody with a knife who then <laughs> cut you up. Yeah, no, no. How many times do we see that? That's the last thing I would want to do in a horror movie is startle the person that I'm with. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. Because if they have a gun and you startle, man, you're done. Yeah, I would would say get everyone in one location and then stay together at all times, for sure. Let's split up, gang. Yeah, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's that's the thing. Why don't people always stick together? I don't know, man. My... I will tell you this, my on Halloween last year, 2023, me and uh, my buddy Charlie went to see Halloween 1978 in the theater. Mm -hmm. And we are pretty sure that the people, some of the people in the theater had never seen Halloween because they were screaming at the screen for some of the characters. Really? Yep. Well, that's taking him. (laughs) That's taking him pretty far. Yeah, right. So uh, don't go in there. Yeah, no, great experience though. Shout out to Charlie, love you, buddy. That was a uh, that was a great way to spend Halloween night. We saw it on Halloween night. We got to see Halloween 1978 in a theater. It was great. Oh, that's so much fun. Sounds like the crowd was pretty good too. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. Uh, cool, man. Uh, what do you got? Okay, this one also comes from Andrew. He's a big Stephen King fan. He says his favorite book is The Stand, especially now after a super flu almost wiped out civilization like in the book. And uh, he says Randall Flagg in that book is the scariest villain to him. Who do we think is the scariest horror villain? Shit. That's a tough one. I have a couple. Okay, you rock rock some of yours out. I got to think real quick. My first one would be Jack Torrance. Because he's not some stranger trying to get you. He's your dad. He's your husband. And he's lost his mind. And now he's coming to kill you. And it has just that realism element to it that's pretty freaky. Yeah, that's a good one. And not to steal your yours, but probably Pennywise, because it can turn into the thing you're most afraid of. So yeah. I mean, that was, top, that was top of my head, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the early films, Michael Myers. Okay. Uh, I know that the friend. Well, no, in all the films, Michael Myers is always the scariest part. The films just get a little more goofy as the franchise goes on. But Michael Myers, man, just no conscience, no voice, doesn't say anything. Silent killer. Yeah, probably yeah. Michael Myers. I'd be terrified if I saw Michael Myers coming after me. 
So yeah, probably Michael Myers for me, honestly. That's it. Yeah, that's a good one. Just a serial killer that just does not care. Just yeah, gonna just rip through you. Just the epitome of evil, as John Carpenter designed him. Mm -hmm. Um, horror villain wise, uh, the creature from the thing. Oh yeah, that's my favorite movie. Yeah, well, you still haven't seen it yet, but it's your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that one. The you effects, haven't watched it yet, have you? Thing. Huh? You haven't watched it yet, have you? No. <laughs> my mission in life, despite Jason, is to never see that. Oh, dude, you can't do that to yourself as a horror fan. You have to see the thing. <laughs> Maybe one day. All right. Um, well, people that are subscribed to your only things are getting ripped <laughs> off then. No, I'm watching the thing from uh, 1955 or whenever <laughs> it was, 51. You're watching everyone but the best one. You're watching the one from the 50s and the one from 2011. Yep. That's you fucked. You get what you pay for. That's fucked. <laughs> Uh, okay. <clears throat> so my next question says, Ooh, this is a good one. If you had to work in an office with three horror villains, who would you choose? And why FYI, they aren't allowed to hurt you during work hours. This is good. I like yeah, this one. This is a good one. These are my favorite types of questions. Yeah. I'm trying to think who the most productive would be. I don't think it would be Freddy. Cause he's got that claw. It'd be hard to type. He's too busy making quirks too. And he'd probably be sleeping all the time, killing people <laughs> in his dreams. Deadbeat. Um, hmm. Let's see, let's see. I'll say Jack Torrance, because he likes to type. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Oh, that's a good one. That dude's going to get <laughs> so much shit done. Actually, he might not, because he just types the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but depending on what we're doing, that might come in handy. Yeah. Here, he put this take, number down. He might take tennis ball breaks. You know what? That dude would probably be an awesome coder because all you have to do is zeros <laughs> and ones. Right? Yeah, he might take might take tennis ball breaks to throw the ball at the wall when he needs to <laughs> let some steam off. Just don't bother. God, don't yeah. bother. Yeah, I'll say Jack Torrance for one. You know what? Give me Dracula. That dude's a uh, he's actually a businessman now that I think about it. The whole reason the main character went to him in the book was to close some real estate deal. There you go. So I think I can make some bread with Drac. Get over here. How you doing? I would say Randall Flagg from The Stand. The uh, Alexander Skarsgård version, preferably. Uh, Why's that? Because he's very good at manipulating people. <laughs> so he can. <laughs> so I think he can translate that into good communication skills without manipulation. Hell of a salesman. Yeah. All right, let me think of my next one. I'm kind of thinking like of the older ones that weren't just like crazy monsters that could actually like get shit done. You know what? If we're doing like a, uh, if we're doing like a manual labor job, man, give me the wolf, man. That thing has like super strength. You could probably lift some boxes <laughs> and stuff. So you're Dig just hiring, you're hiring all the universal monsters. Well, right. I mean, they seem more sophisticated and like they actually have some work ethic. Like what's Jason going to do? He's going to go in a fucking lake and go to sleep. Like get out of here. <laughs> can't type on a computer with his wet ass hands and break the thing uh for manual labor i would say for my third one any of the killer clowns from outer space now why is that they just they're clowns are gonna be goofing off i know they're gonna be the office clown but at the same time when they have a mission they get it done and they can carry large cotton candy cocoons with people in them 
Let's think about those two. They designed that spaceship that turns into a circus tent, so they gotta have some engineering skills. Yeah, man. I don't know the names of the killer clowns, but I'll take the... Hold on. Let me... While you answer your third one, let me decide what killer clown I want. All right. Oh, my God. Why did I think of this? Give me Jigsaw. Yeah, there you go. If that dude can design all those traps and all that shit, he can do a spreadsheet. There you go. Uh, hmm. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, you know what? Let me... <laughs> let me take, um... Let me just take the big boss from uh, Killer Clowns, Clownzilla. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he's a natural leader. Yeah, there we go. All right. So I'd love to know what work I'm doing and what field of work you're in <laughs> with these people. Accounting. <laughs> Jack Torrance, uh, Randall Flagg, and Clownzilla. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you say? You said Dracula, the Wolfman, and who? Oh, Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can design those traps. He can he can think of some creative ideas, help us in the world of business. And wasn't he like a wasn't he like a doctor too? Or did he go to the doctor and that's when he had cancer? <laughs> I think he went to the doctor, yeah. Uh, I saw an office. <laughs> that's all you need to be a doctor, right? Yeah, just go to the office. Hey, what's up? I'm a doctor. How you doing? God. Get over here. How's that heart beating? Good lord. Um all right. So good stuff. What is your next question, sir? All right. This one comes from my sister, Colleen. She asked, would we survive longer in a Resident Evil world or a Silent Hill world and why? Hmm. Well, I already said I'm going down quick in a zombie world. That's true. Silent Hill. I think if you find cover whenever the sirens go off, you're usually fairly okay. I'm um, yeah, kinda. Those things like, those things like getting your head in shit though. I'm gonna. What's probably gonna take me out in the Silent Hill world is the nurses. Why again? Try to get a slice? No, <laughs> no. But with those things, like I'm paralyzed with fear whenever I see those creatures. The just the way they walk is so terrifying. Yeah, they have like that spastic motion to them. It's just so unnatural. Yeah, I'd probably do better in Silent Hill, but I'm going to go down either way. Like I'm going to I'm going to fucking die anyway. So my natural inclination would be to say I could survive in Resident Evil because it's more like a physical thing. Like you can kill zombies and stuff. Silent Hill has all this weird cult and psychological shit. The thing with Resident Evil is like you're not just fighting zombies. Like you got lickers and hunters and tyrants and the nemesis. Like if the zombies don't get you, the one thing you're gonna survive the nemesis. Dude's gonna put the tentacle through your mouth and then you're done. Yep. So there you I'm, go. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Silent Hill, man, because this monsters just aren't as gnarly there towards the end when you get to the bosses. Yeah, I think I could outrun Pyramid Head, but once the nurses get involved, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, next question. Uh, you just did a killer horror opening episode. What movies had openings that you thought could have been better? I'm sorry, I just kicked my dryer. Actually, my washing machine, and now it's starting. 
I did this on Zach's episode too. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm just randomly pushing stuff. Maybe if I open it. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> we keep it real here, man. That shit's staying in too. <laughs> you can hear how much of a dumbass I am. Yeah. All right. So we openings, just... openings that could be better. You know what openings are awesome? Hmm. The Dawn of the Dead remake with Johnny Cash. Hills yep. Have Eyes opening with all the nuclear testing. Those are probably my two favorites. Those are so good. So is there one that you would improve? Oh, man. Halloween has a really good one, too. I don't know, man. Uh... I'm trying to... Trying to th- um, there's probably something recently that I saw that probably could have had a stronger opening. Dude, Texas Chainsaw isn't the opening where the girl blows her head off with a shotgun? In the remake, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty strong opening. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is a difficult one. Any openings that I thought could be better? Oh my god, the Shining opening too where they're driving up the mountains. <laughs> You're just listing all the good ones. Well, there's, there's so many good ones. It's hard I know. to think but of one I would do better. Yeah, is there one though that uh, that could have a better opening? I'm trying to think if there was like a horror movie that I was like slightly disappointed with. Dude, Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Another solid <laughs> opening. Uh. This is a difficult one, man. You know what? I don't really remember the opening to Nightmare on Elm Street, so I'll go with that because I don't remember it. So it should have been more memorable. The original opening? Yeah, I don't remember that. It's Tina. It's Tina running through the hallways. Oh. Then she wakes up from her nightmare and there's like the goat in the nightmare as well. Oh, yeah. That is pretty good. That's what about Hellraiser? Uh, I actually don't remember how Hellraiser opens. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, neither. I'll go with that. Should have been better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Shit. I don't know, man. This one's this one's really, really, really tough. Actually. I think if we've learned anything from this, it's horror movies know how to have an opening because well, I was gonna, there's a I was lot gonna of good say because the openings usually are. Like, even if there's a horror movie that's not the greatest, the opening is usually the grabber. Yeah. Brings you in. So, no, I don't think so. I don't think I can think of anything that that had a weak opening from what I can remember. Yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah, sorry, Mr. J. I, uh, I can't think of one for this one. I don't think so. I think all the openings are usually the the best parts. For some movies, because even like something like Urban Legend from the 90s, the movie's not great, but that opening is amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, I seriously can only think of the ones I like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly. I have a mental block. Uh, no, I, I can't think of any, honestly. So keep doing what you're doing, Hollywood. The openings to horror movies are usually great, so... We just need a two-hour compilation of horror movie openings, then release it as a blockbuster. Yeah, right. Ten out of ten. Yeah. 
Well, I think you can even say like as much as you don't like Halloween ends, I think you have to admit even that that opening was like really uh, compelling. Oh, I remember the kills one takes place in the 70s. The The one Corey where he's babysitting the the kid and the the kid dies under Corey. Yeah, that was good. My memory in the beginning is a little fuzzy because I was yelling at some dude in the theater door. Yeah, the kid dies while Corey is uh, is watching him. Yeah, yeah, he falls right down the stairs. Uh, yeah, that is freaky. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, "This is gonna be awesome." Then it wasn't. You'll realize the error of your ways one day. <laughs> oh, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> uh, okay, <clears throat> what's your next question? All right, this one also comes from my sister because uh, I don't have many friends. I'm a loser. So, <laughs> so she says, uh, which horror books, movies, or video games exemplify the genre? Oh shit. Huh? So uh, my best example of horror done in the best way possible is Silent Hill 2. That's always my go-to is being the best piece of horror media. The video game or the movie? <laughs> Not the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I loved Silent Hill Revelations. It was fucking awesome. It was a good movie. And the first one, is it the first one or the second one where Pyramid Head grabs that girl and just rips her skin off? First one. Oh, my God, that is so brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's fucked. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. Probably the Universal Monsters. Yeah. Just because they have such roots in horror and they're like the foundation for a lot of it. Yeah, and speaking of books, you could tie them back to the books. Frankenstein, Dracula, they all yeah. had books written about them first. And there's video game adaptations of pretty much all of them. Dude, why don't we have... Man, we need like a universal monster movie to come out. Like we modern do. One. Really? Uh, Wait, what? I said we need like a... Uh, a new video game where you just plays like the universal monsters. Oh, like I thought you were saying consoles. like a new adaptation of universal monsters, like the movies. Oh no, I meant video games. Like, could you imagine being a wolf man running through the woods, howling at the moon? Just good old time. Yeah, I would probably the universal monsters just because they're OG and they encapsulate, you know, all the feel of the various horror subgenres. You could say that about the hammer ones too. Cause they basically took that and just amped up the sex and violence. Pretty much, yeah. And Christopher Lee. Um, also, honestly, more recent, probably the Scream movies, just because they're so referential of the horror yeah. genre that like when I watch, at least the original, when I watch the first Scream, uh, it just feels like a warm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, because they're talking about all the movies I love. So I think, too, uh, I know Jason and I talked about this briefly. Did you ever see Vampire Hunter D, the original one or Bloodlust? Mm-mm. oh man so there are anime movies so it might be a little too nerdy for you but um there's all kinds of just different creatures in there like the main ones are obviously vampires there's vampire hunters and the first one i think there's like a frankenstein monster thing and it's <clears> cool because <throat> it brings a lot of different horror stuff together in one movie kind of like castlevania like you're fighting mm-hmm. the grim reaper you're fighting frankenstein you're fighting dracula castlevania you put that one on there too for sure yeah, man. Uh, okay, so we'll try to keep rocking through so we don't make this episode three hours long. Uh, <laughs> uh, who asked a question just now, you or me? I just you did. did. Okay. Uh, okay, 
<clears throat> so my next one is which classic horror movie has stood the test of time the best and which modern horror wait which wait what oh which modern day horror movie do you predict will become a classic oh that's a good one horror movies in the past that stood the test of time i feel like there's a lot of them yeah stood the test of time I mean, they're still making Halloweens. They're still making Texas Chainsaws. You know, Dracula's everywhere. And those movies, like you were just talking about, those are iconic. Well, I think that uh, when I think of Stood the Test of Time, I look at it like, can I still watch and enjoy this movie today? Yeah. So, Halloween 1978, for sure. Absolutely. Just the uh, epitome of evil. With Michael Myers. Interview with the vampire. Ooh, that is a good one. It's a good-ass vampire movie. <clears throat> Has his horror elements, but it's like a really good drama and time period piece. Yeah, I mean, I just watched that a few years back, and I'm like, man, this is still awesome. Hell yeah. Great cast, too. You don't really get that. You don't really get those A-list celebrities in horror movies too much. No, not really. Sorry, man, I got this uh, lump in my throat now all of a sudden. Oh, damn. <clears throat> Can't tell if it's my allergies or what. Oh, hope you're not having an allergic reaction. Mm -mm. Oh, God, that hurts. Sorry, man. <laughs> you're good. I hope. Yeah, no, I'm all good. <clears throat> I'll call uh, I'll call 911 if you need me. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, what the fuck that is, man? It's like an allergy thing, but it's in my throat. Ah, sounds rough. Yeah. <clears throat> oh boy. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Where were we? Uh, you were going next. We were talking about uh <laughs> Movies that stood the test of time. <clears throat> and what modern ones do we see standing the test of time? You said Halloween 78. I said Interview with a Vampire. Okay, so a modern one that I see becoming a classic. Uh, Hereditary? Yeah. For sure? Yeah, definitely. Definitely Hereditary. <clears throat> I guess, man, I guess Saw came out 20 years ago now, so I yeah, wouldn't but it, really call that a modern one. I mean, in a sense, but it kind of is a classic at this point, I would say. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, standalone releases, like Hereditary. <clears throat> yeah, Hereditary is definitely one I feel gets thrown out a lot when it comes to a horror movie that's recent that's stuck with people. Yeah. Um, classic. I'm trying to think if there's like another, another really original horror movie. I feel like Get Out is probably going to be a classic. I can see that. <clears throat> um, yeah, those would probably be my two. I think Get Out and um, Hereditary would be two that are going to become classics. 
Man, it's hard because I don't watch many new ones. A lot of times I watch stuff from like 2005 and previous. Mm-hmm. I would say... You know what? I think the Black Phone might be up there. Yeah, Black Phone was awesome. It's original concept. I know a lot of people were talking about it. The book was everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can see in 10 years people <clears throat> still talking about it or at least it becoming a cult classic. For sure. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, I'm out, but I have one for you. Okay. Which Pennywise do you think is better, Tim Curry's or the Skarsgård one? <laughs> I've actually answered this on the show a few times. I thought you have. Uh, they're both amazing in their own right because they're so different from each other. But Tim Curry's Pennywise relies so much on the performance side of the of the character from Tim Curry's acting uh and doesn't have a lot of special effects to go off of so i find him to be more terrifying because it's just a scary performance and it's tim curry yeah so uh yeah tim curry for me but i i love i love both dearly like skarsgård is the only one that was fit to replace tim curry for me yeah so yeah all right, we'll rock through some more. Um, okay. Are there horror movies that you have chosen to save to watch for the first time until a special occasion, moment, or feeling? Why or why not? Because of the podcast, there's a few that I've been saving. The Descent has definitely been one of them. That's a good one, man. You're going to like it. <clears throat> That's probably my big one uh, that I've been saving. What about you? I know year round I'll man does it have to be ones you haven't seen because there are certain times where I'll put off a horror movie until like the week of Halloween or the month of Halloween or something no I think you can I think you can uh, say ones that you'll watch like save for uh, occasion yeah I mean I save a lot of a lot of like Halloween (laughs) and fall horror movies for around that time of year I don't think I've ever done it with like a uh like a one I haven't seen. Usually if I see it on somewhere and I want to watch it, I'll just throw it on. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's my probably my big one off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't think of any others or any that I really did that with. I think I've put them off to watch them with other people, but I couldn't remember like the specifics. Right. Oh, shit, man. Sorry, that throat thing is just killing me. It's just a lump Damn. that just feels like some swelling when I swallow. Oof. Tell her you're trying to do a podcast. <clears throat> yeah, for real. Uh, that's why I'm chugging a bunch of water. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, what are some horror movies that markedly surpassed your expectations? Renfield, like we talked about before. I didn't expect much from that, and I love it. That's so good. I think that, dude, I really liked the 2022, I believe, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Did you really? Dude, it was so wild. He goes on a bus and just <clears throat> annihilates everyone with a chainsaw. Yeah, I did enjoy it for what it was, but it's a pretty forgettable, <laughs> forgettable movie. Well, they didn't say it had to be memorable. They just said it had to be, did you enjoy it? Surpassed your expectations, yeah. yeah. And it did, because I figured a new Texas Chainsaw straight to DVD in 2022 would just be dog shit, but it's fucking uh, awesome. Megan, for me. Megan, I kind of just ex- assumed would be uh, a little more uh, not aimed at my age group, but I ended up really loving Megan. It was actually my favorite release of last year. That was the one that came out over the summer with the doll. Uh, really early on last year in January. Oh man, it came out that early. Yeah, man. Did you guys do the episode in the spring? I distinctly remember watching that when I was did, working we, at this one place. We did, yeah. We did okay. it in like April or May or something like that. That adds up. Um, shit, I just had another one in my head. Fuck. Yeah, there's been a lot for me. A lot of like the remake stuff has surpassed my expectations. Because you don't really expect much from them. Exactly. Another Blumhouse one. Happy Death Day. <laughs> nice. Did not expect that one to be as fun as it is. Oh, you know one that I've watched probably twice now? And each time I'm like, this is going to suck. But every time I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. Was <clears throat> uh, Unfriended. <laughs> I love Unfriended. Yeah, it's. you think it's, <laughs> it's going to be garbage because it's like, just all on webcam but it's like oh this is actually pretty cool well that one i actually went in with uh pretty high expectations because i thought it actually looked good Mm. so yeah um ouija 2 ouija origin of evil because i didn't know who mike flanagan was at the time Mm. and he made like a sequel that just blew the first one out of the water yeah because the first one that got like mixed reviews right oh people hated it it was pg-13 ghost scare movie but Ouija 2 is pretty good. Ouija 2 is scary as shit. Oh, damn. I'm going to have to see that. I hate Ouija boards. Did you ever use <laughs> one? Fuck no. Nah, nah. I don't fuck with that. <laughs> um, I don't do that. I don't do ghost hunting. I, do, I don't do any of that. Yeah, no. I don't mess with that stuff. Oh, you know another one that <clears throat> exceeded my expectations was... Uh, we talked about this. I think with Zach was Oculus. Oh, I fucking love Oculus, dude. Right, you're like, it's a WWE movie, it's a haunted mirror, this is going to be stupid. And then you're like, oh damn, yeah, it doesn't it's actually feel pretty like, good. It doesn't feel like a WWE movie, though. <laughs> well, Kane's not in it. <laughs> Neither oh, is God. John Cena. <laughs> See no evil. If there had been more Kane and John Cena in it, man, that'd be 100 out of 100 for me. Oh, dude, one week from tomorrow, I'm fucking meeting Kane, and I'm so excited. Yeah, Zach sent me at Horror Hound, <laughs> McFoley's going to be there. I'm just like, oh my God, that'd be... Are you going? Yeah, I should be able to. It's uh, yeah. Even if I get a new gig by then, I should be able to go down at least Friday through Sunday. Fuck yeah, dude. And That's if not, awesome. If not, my work's per DM right now, so I can just be like, hey, don't schedule me Thursday through Sunday. There you go. All right. Um, so we'll keep rocking. Uh, what are some horror movies that flat out impressed you with their commentary or deeper meaning? What were the movies... And what was the commentary slash deeper meaning that you pulled from it? And why did it resonate with you so much? That's deep. I mean, the first thing when you talk about horror and commentary that comes to mind is always the Romero movies. Yeah. So you think about the original 
Night of Living Dead when it came out, all the social and cultural stuff that was going on then definitely played a role in that. Dawn of the Dead, bunch of zombies walking around a mall. You know, you got your consumerism. But I feel like that's the obvious. I want to say something else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I can't think of a movie off the top of my head that had a bunch of meaning that resonated with me. So I'm going to go with a show. Okay. Which is, um, well, actually three, a trifecta going back to Mike Flanagan, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and uh, Midnight Mass all really um, were pivotal for me. Uh, Because Flanagan is so good at coming up with, uh, like, like putting personal things into his horror movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, like, with the family dynamics of Haunting of Hill House and, like, trying to help each other through all the issues that they all have because they're all flawed people. Um, That's always very powerful. Um, Bly Manor, you know, always wanting to, uh, you know, from the love angle, there's a lot of... uh, you know, overcoming your demons and just being happy uh, and being with the person you want to be with. Uh, and then Midnight Mass from a from a faith standpoint. Good stuff. I need to watch his stuff because <clears throat> I know he's. you said he's one of your favorite directors. Yeah, he's definitely my top favorite. I think I'm going to go drag me to hell just with like the whole eating aspect of it and... Like the body dysmorphia. Yeah. Yeah, I always I always forget that that's there. I thought you were making a joke. That's why I chuckled because I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were trying to talk about like uh, with uh, just the grossness of the movie. Right. So I thought you were like, that really spoke to me, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Cool, man. Uh, so we got a few more here. Uh, what is a horror movie you love that most people hate? <laughs> I think I have a lot Do of these. Do you know what my answer is already? <laughs> Yours? I should. Why don't I know this? Is it? Oh, it's oh, Halloween Ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have ones people straight up hate. I have ones that people are just like, what the fuck? Like, Land of the Dead, that's not... <laughs> most people aren't like, boy, that's my favorite horror movie. Yeah, but it's a great or, one. Yeah. Or, um... I just had it. Oh, uh, that Hellraiser movie, the one with the detective. That, that might be mine, because people don't seem to <laughs> like that very much. Fucking hell, dude. That is still <laughs> the most fucking batshit crazy pick ever on our first draft. <laughs> Me and Zach were laughing our ass off recently when we talked about that. <laughs> I know it's uh I know it's it's got more popular now, but I always thought Halloween three was pretty cool, even when people talk shit on it. Like, yep. A couple years uh, ago before it had a resurgence. My favorite in the Friday the thirteenth series, Friday the thirteenth part five, New Beginning. That's one without Jason, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean he's Isn't in like it. Like a chocolate bar. I mean he's in it, but He's uh he's a ghost when he shows up, but it's someone <laughs> pretending to be Jason. He's a ghost like Macbeth. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I want to see the Macbeth stage production version of Friday the 13th. 
Oh, that sounds like something that would be good. I mean, there's a lot of stabbing, so there's that yeah. aspect. There you go. Uh, okay, moving right along. Uh, in your opinion, what is the most overrated horror series, franchise, or movie? Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Just the franchise as a whole? Do people, the franchi- hold, that? Do people hold that one in high regard? I feel like most people only really love the first one. I was going to say the franchise and the original. I didn't really like the original that much. <laughs> Um, for me, the Saw movies, I, they're, they're too repetitive for me. Yeah, but it's torture porn. What more do you need? See, I'm not a, an iron mask. See, I'm not, a, I'm not a torture, por- I'm not a torture porn guy. So, ah, you're not living life. I love, I like that first host- hostile movie. Yeah. Hostile was good. Uh, but yeah. And then I really love the first Saw, but yeah, after that, I just don't care, man. Except, well, you know what? The first one and Spiral from the Book of Saar, the two that I will go back to. Spiral Spiral was really good. The thing about the first Saw was more like a detective story, if I remember it right, than anything. Yeah. Like, it had the gr- gruesome parts of it, but you're more invested in trying to figure out who this killer was. Now, I should say that I have not seen all the Saw movies. I've seen one, two, three, and Spiral. But that being said, one was really great. Two was all right. Three, I absolutely did not like. And then Spiral was like, whoa, this was a surprise. Yeah, Spiral was really good. But I've seen clips from a bunch of the other Saw movies. I just don't, I don't get it. But no, no, no hate to anyone that loves them. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I probably like them more than you do. But it, doesn't, saw, but it doesn't matter what I say because that new one just came out and made fucking bank, so. Is that the one with the person with the light tubes in the eyes and they make an X? Yeah, I saw X. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I say. Those movies make bank every time they come out, so. <laughs> You're not lying, man. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I know who this one's from because I talked to them about it. So, this is from Marcus and Luke uh, oh, from Reviewed to Death. It's late at night. You've just turned on Aliens, the greatest action sci-fi horror movie ever made. What are you drinking? <laughs> I mean, I would go for Loco. <laughs> uh, I think that stuff's made by Aliens. <laughs> I'd, uh, if I'm really chilling, I'll grab my favorite bourbon, uh, Grand Larceny. Bourbon guy. Yeah, definitely. I like whiskey. And rum. Yeah, yeah bourbons and whiskeys are usually my go-to. Vodkas I can tolerate if they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then outside of that, I'm a beer guy. So, What's your go-to? Uh, if it's a craft beer, I really like sour beers. Uh, but outside of that, I'll just I'll crack a Bud Light or a Budweiser. I'm boring. Uh, aside from the four loco, I might also be drinking a uh, pail of baby's blood. That's the name of a beer. <laughs> no, <laughs> infants. Jesus Life Christ, Jesus. Roy! <laughs> wow, just wow. Um, all right. Uh, you know what? And side note, I am inclined to agree with uh, with Marcus uh, that uh, and Luke that I believe aliens to be the greatest action sci-fi horror movie ever made 
what's Blade? Would you consider that sci-fi? No, I would. I would. I don't know what I would consider Blade. I would definitely say action horror. Okay, then we don't have to fight because Blade fucking rules. <laughs> I do love Blade. Uh, we kind of talked about this, me and Marcus. Um, I'm more inclined to watch Aliens than Alien, but they're such different movies at the same time that it's hard to compare. But I don't know, man. I go back to Aliens more than Alien. Here's a confession. I don't think I've seen any of the Alien movies. Oh, those guys are going to be blowing up your phone when they hear this. <laughs> <laughs> seen the Predator many a time. But, you know, maybe if Aliens had Schwarzenegger in it, I'd be You down. know who else is going to be upset at you is our third co-host, Jason, when he comes back on. Boy, I'm real on his shit list. No thing, <laughs> no alien. Damn. Um, okay. <clears throat> so next one. What's your favorite horror comedy? Uh, probably Idle Hands that we just talked about. <laughs> it's just so good. It's a good one. Scary movies are always funny, too. They're just so over-the-top ridiculous. Um... <laughs> Studio 666 is up there with the Foo Fighters. <laughs> and uh, Renfield. Absolutely. Uh, and then I know it's cliche, but Army of Darkness. Could you put Evil Dead 2 in there as well? That's yeah, pretty goofy. Definitely. I'll throw that in mine. Cool. Evil Dead 2 is pretty good. They said, what's your favorite horror comedy? And we answered with multiple answers. <laughs> All right, if I have to pick one, Idle Hands. There you go. Yeah, I would. I would probably go with Studio Six 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 at this point. Um. Okay. What creature scares you the most? Monster from the Black Lagoon. It's just creepy. It looks like a fish, but it has a human body and it walks. And ugh, I just don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, I would say the face hugger from Alien. Just very invasive. Doesn't <laughs> All up buy in you your a, personal space. Doesn't buy you a drink first. <laughs> just shoves it right down your throat. <clears throat> Uh, oh, also, I think you brought up one of the episodes, uh, the thing from It Follows, whatever it is. Oh, God, yeah, that is a good one. Don't worry, I'll do editing to make this episode sound better. <laughs> All right, we got two questions left. Uh, All right. What are the pros and cons to having horror movies done with more CGI versus actual props? I think the pros are more so like the set pieces. You can have a lot of different, I guess. I mean, they used to do like paintings and stuff like that. <clears throat> I think CGI, when it's used sparingly to enhance it, makes it look better. So if you have like this crazy backdrop or setting, it can be used to enhance that. As far as the worst parts, dude, the CG blood, I hate that so much. Like just get some squibs. Scribs? Squibs. Squibs. <laughs> Squib game. Yeah, it's funny because the movie that we're about to talk about has a good bit of that, so I'm interested to hear your take on it. Uh, but um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think CGI works better for set pieces as opposed to the creatures or the actual like effects in a movie. You know, what it worked for was uh, Cloverfield. That thing looked pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. There's no way he could have done that with practical effects reasonably. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as the pros go, if done right, it can definitely give you a big budget feel in your movie. Um, if that's what you're going for. As far as the cons go, it does instantly make it less scary. Yeah, because you're just like, well, that's fake. So I know you haven't seen uh, The Thing, but the re... No, not the remake. Uh, well, kind of a remake, but also a sequel to the John Carpenter one. The Thing from 2011. Uh, okay. They were going to do practical effects like they did in the 82 version, but they ended up going like all CGI. <laughs> and it is like just instantly not as scary as the 82 version. Oh, I'm sure. It's like you know? just putting a big mm-hmm. sign on. It's like this thing's not here. Pretty much, yeah. It takes you out. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would say the pro being from my end that it gives you more of a big budget feel. Uh, the con, it just takes away from the fear. Like same thing with uh, American Werewolf in London versus uh, Paris. Uh, the CGI werewolves are not scary, whereas the real life one that we're seeing transform in uh, in London is like absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Which side note about American Werewolf in London? I know it gets listed as a horror comedy, but there's not that much humor in it. Like it's actually kind of a terrifying movie. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the design of the werewolf itself <clears throat> is just like, man. Well, I mean, even just the way the people at the Slaughtered Lamb talk about the werewolf. Like, they're trying to create a sense of dread, but then his zombie buddy shows up, the one that's decaying. Mm -hmm. He's like, Jack, you look like meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, man. All right, we've got two more questions here. All right. Uh, So we'll rock through these. Do you think as new horror movies come out, there are more movies with a new story slash idea or more movies that reuse ideas or stories what are some of the more unique movies that you've seen that have come out recently so we've kind of touched on this a little bit uh there's both for me um i feel like recently now that halloween ends is passed i feel like we're getting a lot more original stuff even if it's based off of another property yeah um like uh, most recently for me, Night Swim was based off the short that the same director made. That was very original. Uh, Megan, same thing. So I feel like now that Halloween ends is in the rearview mirror. Yeah, we have Exorcist Believer and stuff, but like I'm not seeing as many remakes or sequels anymore. Yeah, Halloween ends was kind of almost an end of an era to that because for a while they're remaking everything. Nightmare. Well, I mean. Well, I mean, think about it. Like Halloween 2018 came out and everybody wanted to have that success. So we got a lot of movies trying to do that. Texas Chainsaw 2022 was supposed to be that as well. (laughs) Um, It was for me, damn it. (laughs) It would have been so much more impactful if they had the the actual actress that played Sally. (laughs) Which rest in in peace, Marilyn Burns. What an actress. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the original ones I've seen are like, what is it, the A24 with Hereditary, It Follows. Um, Like I said before, Black Phone. Smile, I didn't see, but I've heard 
Okay, so I was actually just talking about Smile earlier with my brother. Uh, Smile is a good movie, in my opinion, but I don't love Smile as much as everybody else seems to. Mm-hmm. Not everybody else, but a lot of the horror community really loves Smile, and it is a very good movie. I'm not going to say it's not a good movie. For me, it's just very derivative of other horror movies. So I would not consider that an entirely original horror movie because I've seen that same execution going on. It's an original story for sure. But as far as like execution goes, not so much. Which she, the person that asked this did ask about stories. So yeah, it's a new story. I just, you know, don't, know how, I just don't know how the fuck you're going to make a sequel to that. I know you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah. But the way it ends, I just I don't understand how you're going to have a sequel to it. Hmm. You know, a good one I saw recently, it's from 2010, so it's semi-recent, was uh, Hit and Run. Heard about it. I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It was really good. And I, it was one of those ones where I didn't expect much. But I think it's based on an urban legend. But, um, but yeah, it was a, just a good, I mean, yeah, it's an urban legend, but they kind of made it its own story. And I thought they did a really good job on that one. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, as far as last year goes, absolutely the most original one I saw was Skin of Marink. Yeah. Check it out on Amazon Prime, dude. It's very experimental. It was made for a tiny budget, like $15,000. Uh, but it is scary as shit to me. Did you ever see, uh, The House That Jack Built? No, I heard about it, though. (laughs) That's a really good original movie, too. And I think uh, that came out in the past 10 years or so. Yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah, that one definitely then. Um, so in terms of, I think it's kind of an even 50-50 in terms of us seeing either movies that are reusing ideas as opposed to movies that are completely original. Yeah, because it's easy to point out the ones that have our remakes or sequels or whatever, even though Evil Dead Rise was its own thing, it's still an Evil Dead movie, right? Yeah, so I was going to say, case in point, look at Renfield from last year. It's based on Dracula, but I forget that it's technically a sequel because it's such a different thing. Right. So I think that I would classify you as an original idea if you take a known franchise but do your own thing with it. And going the horror comedy route for Dracula was what Dracula needed. And we talked about that with the episode. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. So, uh, Studio 666, I think, was another unique one for me. Black Phone, for sure. Uh, Megan, I thought, was very original. Because that one was so, like, cheeky with the way it went about the the AI side of things that I thought it was a lot of fun. Um... And let's see what else was on my top five of last year. Evil Dead Rise did not make my top five. It was just barely outside of it because that Mm. the ending brought it down a little bit for me because I was so invested in what the trailer portrayed, which is a good part of the movie. And then it's still a good movie, but the ending kind of brings it down for me. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, another original horror movie. What else was there? Skin and Marink is definitely my number one for most like original horror movie. Oh, you know what? The Blackening from last year. That was another one of my mm-hmm. top five. The Blackening is great. Have you seen that? 
No. I think it's on Prime. Check it out. It is amazing. Okay. Um, any more you want to shout out before we do our last question? No, I've been thinking. I can't think of too many more. At All least right, the cool. original. All right. So our very last question, which is going to be an interesting one, comes from Strange Art KC101 on Instagram. Um, and she asked us, do you ever feel you are not alone? And then the strange reveals itself. She does. And it's hard to ignore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I'm writing, I certainly see the strange man. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. The strange reveals itself. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Do I ever feel like I'm not alone and then the strange reveals itself? I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm, I believe in the supernatural and I, I have my, my, uh, my beliefs. Um, so I don't know if I ever feel like I'm not alone and then strange reveals itself, but the strange definitely has a way of revealing itself. I think. I've seen it in my writing. Just a lot of weird stuff has happened since I started it. <laughs> like just, I'll write, I'll write something and then I'll like, it'll happen, but not exactly, but I'm like, oh man, that's kind of weird. I read something similar to that. So there's, yeah, there's definitely some strange, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, man. Well, that's the end of the horror Q and a, how do you feel? I feel, uh, refreshed, lukewarm and, uh, fuzzy. <laughs> and just kind of excited. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, uh, shout out to all our amazing friends that uh, sent us all those great questions. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, guys. We uh, we appreciate it. We would be real losers on here if nobody submitted questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's the episode. See you later. <laughs> we we appreciate y'all always wanting to participate. Uh, let us know in the future if this is something you want us to do uh, again. I think this would be fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, every so often, just a Q&A check-in. But uh, Roy, welcome to the Midnight Terrors team. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Uh, do you want to plug your socials before we get out of here? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram, author underscore Honeybrook. Uh, there you can find a bunch of different stuff I post. I link to my Amazon page with all my books on there. Latest one is New Year's Killing Eve. Nice, good zombie story. So Go ahead, check that out if you would like to. And uh, I'm a one-stop shop, so that's where you can find me. Author underscore any... <laughs> Jeez. Author <laughs> underscore Honeybrook on Instagram. I almost said any brook. Like Honeybrook any... is what I heard. Honeybrook. <laughs> I was thinking any brook like a belly button. Jeez. Uh, cool. Well, uh, again, thanks, Roy, for joining me. Welcome to the show, man. There's a lot of cool things on the horizon as we go forward, and I'm excited to have you on the on the team with us. Right so, on, man. Uh, Stoked to be here. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in and thank you for sending in your questions. Let us know if you want to hear something like this again in the future. Definitely when we get me, you, and Jason together, I think it'd be mad crazy to have <laughs> more questions submitted. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but thank you to everyone who sent questions in. Uh, and just thank you for tuning in uh, as much as you do. We appreciate the hell out of you. So, that's it for the Midnight Terrors podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors podcast. 
You can shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our T Public store where you can pick up hoodies, shirts, uh, and stickers if you so will choose. Um, and join our Facebook group on Facebook under Midnight Terrors Podcast. Just ask to join and uh, come talk some horror with us and all of our wonderful friends. So uh, that's it for the Midnight Terrors Podcast. We'll see you all again very soon. Peace. Peace.